Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Ravi with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop, our weekly podcast about all the nonsense of running, including gear, culture, races, whatever's going on. We're going to talk about it. So here we go. Yay. <laughs> Hold Robbie, on. Ravi, you need some of that super coffee. Yeah, yeah I have just the regular coffee here. My mm. own. Uh, Homebrew. BJ's bulk brand. No, uh, yeah, is BJ's good. national? I don't know. Yeah, we should clarify what that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Sam's Club or the what's Costco. the other one? Costco. We'll get on to the stuff that's important. So this week we're gonna talk you through our regular stuff, our runs and what we're doing for training and our marathon upcoming stuff. And we're gonna walk you through some uh a Saucony Endorphin Pro Plus. Yeah. Our thoughts on that. All three of us had that one, so this one's gonna be good. And uh we'll probably cover a little bit of news in the running world. Uh, Berlin Marathon and touch on that and we're going to also have a fantastic interview with Parker Stinson and I have to say lovely gentleman to speak with yeah I was lucky enough to get on that call because Megan was taking their dog to uh oh did it have, does it have kennel cough who knows no no it doesn't have kennel cough it just had some random thing kennel cough actually sounds like a cool like disease it's not not when you live with the animal that has it no not at all no but the double like the alliteration on that is yeah. kind of fun yeah. anyways but megan you should probably talk about this, this is your y'all's race week it is. it is taper week which is like the worst week where you're not really running i mean you are but you're tapering so you're not doing a lot of miles you're not doing a ton of speed work doubts start creeping in yeah your oh. body feels like it's totally falling apart have you had that phantom pains oh yeah <laughs> my leg was gonna fall off <laughs> on monday like the lowest mileage i've run in a very long time and i'm like my calves hurt <laughs> everything hurts i'm so sore everywhere that's amazing. It's irrational but i'm on the other end of the spectrum i spazzed out today on my speed work like I was supposed to be running controlled seven forties for like my mate and I like Wait, I, you run speed work like three days before a race? It's like a three miles at marathon pace. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was hoping to do seven forties for the three miles. And I was like, I, I don't know what I'm it felt fine, but if I do it in the race, I'll blow up. I was running like a seven eighteen was one of my splits and stuff like that. So you ran okay. I'm like all over the place. Uh is the race on Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Oh, okay. You know what else happened, Robbie, that's never happened before? My Coros watch. I'm in the middle of the run, mm -hmm. and it just reset. I look down. Really? It's got the time on it. I'm like, what just happened? You so, didn't bump it or something? No, so I, well, I'd have to bump it like three times because uh, you yeah, have to do right. the whole three seconds. So I stopped for a second, checked out my watch. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's gone. And I didn't think I was going to get the workout. I thought it was gone. Sounds like a race week ghost. <laughs> yeah race week yeah problems. exactly well i restarted it and finished my workout and uh when i got home luckily because it it doesn't take to straw but then you probably didn't do it yeah and, but it did i just assume you were tossing in the towel yeah. they didn't see your workout it's over i sit around on my phone at 8 30 a.m every morning waiting, waiting for thomas <laughs> to upload his workout <laughs> Yeah, but so one of the most important things about Taper Week is the rest and recovery part. So sleep is obviously essential, and our dog of all times gets sick on Sunday night and Monday night. He's up all night coughing. and Yeah, we were like, I'm like, this is the one week where I'm ready to sleep. Like I, I'm mm -hmm. doing all the things, like I've cut alcohol out, I've, you know, going to bed early, taking the melatonin. I'm like going and... Ralphie every 10 minutes was like coughing, hacking. 
and doing little circles on the bed. <laughs> then, of course, take him to the vet, and he's totally fine there. There's He's not coughing at all. There's nothing happening. He is also terrified of the vet, so it was like a five-minute checkup that took an hour and a half because we had to pin him down on the ground, put a towel over his head, put a muzzle on his face. He's so much fun when he's on drugs, though, like last night. It's <laughs> just chilling. Why don't you just give him melatonin all week? I gave him, uh, so they give us anxiety meds for him, which th- this whole conversation is ludicrous. But so he takes four pills before we go to the vet to try and calm him down. And he just, I don't, I don't know what they did to him. He used to love going to the vet, yeah. and then he got neutered. Uh, and well, now hey, that seems like a good reason. Every time he gets somewhere. near yeah. the building, he loses I woke his up, shit. My balls were gone. Yeah. I'm gonna lose my shit. I have that issue. Anyway, <laughs> enough about Ralphie. Yeah. I was pretty stoked to see. Um, so we are kind of finished our ramping up mileage. We're on the ramp down, and Robbie is doing a is it December or late November? Mid November. Mid November marathon. So you know, you just did your 20 mile run yeah and first it looked good yeah i felt i ran in the sockney endorphin pro plus which we all ran in on saturday and went with the faster bastards for the first five miles and then it was like headed up north in the city to kind of do like one of my routes that i like to do very hilly but kind of traces a lot of the baltimore running festival route so I mean, I thought considering normally like when you when I talked to you during the Fast Ambassadors portion, you had mentioned you're like, hey, I'm just going to take it easy today, which. Yeah, because it wasn't feeling great. Yeah, but the paces on, especially going uphill uh, in those neighborhoods, you you picked up the pace to a pretty decent. Yeah, well, I mile 12, I was like, oh, I feel pretty good going down 33rd Street. And I was like, oh, I'll just do like a mile or two miles at marathon pace just to see. And then I felt really good. And I was like, well, I'll just do like five miles. And with the endorphin pro plus, like when you get rolling in that shoe, yeah. it's like, feels really good. Did, you also <laughs> were taking cramp crushers. Yeah, oh, we got more number, of those for you. Number one, non FDA approved uh, <laughs> <laughs> nutrition supplement. The green is what makes it. Is good. there caffeine in those? Mm, there's no. probably everything okay. it's probably methamphetamine True. You know? yeah. um yeah. and there was they glow <laughs> yeah i was taking those but what else? Uh, i took some clip so what you're saying is you just need a 12 mile warm-up <laughs> uh yeah oh you know what else i used was like i never used a drink mix before mm-hmm. and some company do you remember what they're called it starts with Oz o plus Ozo. Oz, Oz plus oz os plus yeah or something like i that. should probably give them a shout is out is it the o2 is that what you're trying to say no it's like o-u-z i don't know it's a weird yeah. nutrition but they um they had sent us stuff like a year ago and i just never used it and i was like i need some like new i need some stuff to put in my water so i just have been tossing that in there uh the last couple runs and it seems to really help like sustain you know because i before you use just water yeah, you need you yeah. need a lot, you need salt, sodium, electrolytes. Yeah, so I feel like that I t- started drinking that like mile six, and I feel like it kicked in around twelve. And uh, yeah, so I felt felt really good, and did my twenty miles. and felt good the next day, but then like I feel like there's been I don't know like mentally been a little bit on the edge. I don't know why, but I, I can notice when it's like things are coming up, and. 
And so I start feeling like that same hamstring thing I have. And I don't know if it's like a mental thing or because of the long run, maybe a combination of both. So I did take off a couple of days. Um, I wonder also, like, do you think that sometimes we look for, like, you have a good run and you do well and you, do you then look for like, oh, am I going to hurt from that? And yeah. Your body. Almost like, like it's too good to be true. Like yeah. something's bound to happen. Like your brain yeah. is checking every possible. Well, oh, that, that could be, you could have a problem there. Well, it's weird <laughs> as I felt great, pretty good the next day. And then even Monday morning, I did like five miles in the morning. And then it started to hurt like later that day. And I think there, part of it is a, I'm a little stressed out. Maybe be, with the time commitments for the marathon training, it was just like felt like a, especially last week was more miles than I've ever done in marathon training, which isn't that much. It was like 55 or something. Um, and I don't know if it was like partly that, like after that 20 mile run and like st- Saturday and Sunday, I was just like, I just want to like drink a ton of beers. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't cause the family. <laughs> no, I did Saturday night. Oh, okay. I drank a six pack, but, um, which isn't like a ton. No. I don't know. But depending on what it is, if it's like, no, it's like Modelo. So yeah, you're, you're good. Went to the Orioles game too that night. But that it, would stress anybody out <laughs> with kids. Yeah, exactly. And so anyways, Plus um, sitting in those hard, hard chairs, man. Yeah. I mean, my that's, butt would hurt sitting in those regardless of running after the 20 mile run. You know, obviously you have kids don't take a nap that day or anything. You just mm-hmm. kind of keep going. But that's the true marathon training. They don't talk about when you have a family and you got to do stuff. It's not the run. It's staying productive after the run like you can't just do the run yeah. go home eat and take a nap you got it right you know oh let's go to the park let's do this next thing because i grocery shopping you know you spend the morning running so mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not going to come home and be like hey take care of them for another four <laughs> hours while i watch netflix like squid game we did start watching that have you started that i've started it yeah you can't get into it no it's not that i can't i just my windows are very short yeah and I get so, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm only like two episodes in. Yeah, I watched in half hour increments. Yeah, it, it, I'll I'll get through it. it. It's like my reading. It's like going to be little little pieces. Did you watch time. it, Meg? Mm-mm. No, I'm it's not, not even, my style. I'm not even. No. I'm not. That's another reason it's limited time because <laughs> if Megan comes in the room, it's not on. Um, Have you seen any of the violence in it? Only the beginning where he's getting beat up for not paying the guy. Okay, yeah, that's just nothing, wait. right? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah. All right, so we were talking that last weekend we all ran in the Endorphin Pro Plus, which unanimously I think it's kind of weird because it's not a new shoe, but it is a new shoe and all of us feel something for this shoe. Wait, so I have a question for both of you. If you're choosing between the Pro 2 or the Pro Plus. Pro Plus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. see, I'd go Pro 2. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because the, there's no support around the collar and heel and when you're like running fast and you're going around a corner like i don't feel secure i didn't at all. feel like there was much support in the second version there's a lot more structure like it I like doesn't actually, bend over i actually after running in the alpha fly for most of my marathon paces runs and stuff like that the other you know the other day when i'm running in the pro plus i was like this is amazingly stable on tougher corners like when i was doing the waterfront and you have all those turns i felt like it was pretty secure in the pro plus yeah I think that when you try it on, did you lace up the whole way? Like the lace up the whole way? Like I didn't change what the laces. Like I didn't add a loop. So I did. I didn't do the runner's loop, but I laced up to the last one, and that seemed to help a lot. 
as far as securing the heel. And I felt like you do, when you try it on, you do get some heel lift and it does feel like it's going to be. But when I was running, I didn't notice it at all. Yeah, it wasn't like I was like, this is a terrible shoe. I just felt like as an update, I don't know that like here's, I prefer it. Here's where I think I'm insane. The one I thought was pretty good. Two, I felt was exactly the same. It was, wasn't it? Pretty, I mean. And the much. Pro Plus, I was like, this shoe feels great. Like I was like, I was like, I don't know. I know it's the same midsole and outsole, but this is a better shoe. It's because it looks better. No, you can't get the spoiler away either. No. Because we talk about this later on in the interview. Yeah. Parker has his thoughts. Yeah. Anyway, the shoe weighs about 0.75 ounces less with this new upper for my size 10 and a half. So I think the we weighed um, mine. It's like seven and a half ounces for. Uh, yeah. Which is what? That's in the Alpha Fly range, right? Yeah. It's right there with a, not Alpha Fly, Vapor Fly. Yeah. Um, it's right there with the Vapor Fly. So it's right in the mix. Before I was kind of putting my top ones would have been the Alpha Fly, Vapor Fly, Metaspeed Sky, RC Elite 2. And that's pretty much where I was drawing the line for like your top performers. I think I'd have to throw the Endorphin Pro Plus back in the um, top tier. Yeah. I mean, I I had a great, like I said, in the long run, I felt pretty good in it. I was surprised because I thought I was going to feel more beat up. Yeah. I feel like you can get in a rhythm with the shoes. So it just rolls through this. Definitely. Really it's well. interesting because it's not the same, like the, um, it's firmer than some of the other oh, yeah. super shoes, but which, and I tend to gravitate towards the squishy softer ones, yeah. but I really like the, the feel. I do think I'd prefer it for like half marathon and down. I think for a marathon, I would still want that extra like squish. That's fair. I actually think for a 5k, this shoe would be yeah. a, a killer. Oh yeah, for sure. I would agree. It'll be interesting because we're going to have, you know, Nike's bringing the streak back. Um, so we're going to see that. I didn't know that. Did I know that? It's a streak fly. I think it's called okay. now, but it's, it's, yeah, it's been coming. Oh yeah. I coming. So, and it even says 10 K 5 K on it. So I think there is going to be a return to, I don't know if it's the lighter, te- faster. I don't know if it's a tempo shoe slash shorter distance. It's weird to say shorter distance because I think in track 5K and 10K are long distance. They are. Right. <laughs> but um, for us, you know, if you're going all the way to the marathon and beyond, 5K, 10K is, you know, when we run the 5K, that hurts the whole time. So it'll yeah. be interesting. Anyway, our review for the Pro Plus, I don't think it's up on YouTube yet. It'll be up on YouTube. Our first thoughts are on YouTube with uh, Robbie written- and I give our first thoughts. And the written review is up. Yeah, and the written review, Megan and Robbie give their thoughts on it there. We left my thoughts out just because I, at that point it was probably redundant. Yeah, I mean, pretty much like because it was just an upper update, although it was a big deal. I don't know, 250 bucks, by the way, that's what it costs. It is limited edition shoe. Yeah, they're only selling for 72 hours. No, that was just, uh, didn't you say it was just? I saw it running it warehouse at the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. if they don't sell all of them, I'm pretty sure they're gonna <laughs> extend it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, you can't buy it. Wait, yeah, see it right there. You can't have it. It's like the re- the, I, the I reunion think, tour thing again. It might be a little bit of a marketing play. Yeah, probably. But I will tell you, if you want a shoe that if you if you tried the Vaporfly and you're like, mm, not for me, 
and you don't want to go to the alpha fly with the the pods and if you like a firmer feel yeah it still has bounce it still has a nice underfoot feel i know what megan means by firmer but i i feel it's firmness is on point with say meta speed sky yeah okay uh before we move away from shoes thomas what are you lacing up on sunday oh yeah we should cover that oh yeah we got a marathon uh i am wearing the rodacious alpha fly which is the white colorway with the pink and orange under under toe um i i I got the volt one and sent it back Uh, i just i all three of my alpha flies that i have are all white Mm -hmm. and since we wear black kit for the faster basses i just kind of like keeping the i like that white with a little bit of pop from the color on the shoe but i i just thought I'm going to stay with them. They do look nice. I saw them in person. Is that the colorway Shalene was wearing at Berlin? Probably. No, she was wearing the bowl. Was she wearing the bowl? Yeah, because Ben, yeah. Okay. Okay. What what about um, uh, you, Meg? I am also wearing the Alpha Fly, but the teal color. I don't know if they have a fancy name for it. Tealacious? (laughs) I hope it's tealacious. Sapphire. Sapphire blue. Sapphire dark or light? Sapphire is blue. It is a dark blue. Dark blue. Is that what the Hope Diamond is? Yeah, it's a is sapphire. A diamond? Well, no, the, you're thinking of, what is the one that's a giant sapphire? That, I don't think it's a Hope Diamond. I think that's just a diamond. Is that Has anyone stolen that recently? Not yet. <laughs> Bansky was planning on it. Bansky. <laughs> Banksy. <laughs> Bansky. <laughs> Yo, B- Bansky. Bansky, Bansky. Someone should... Uh, I feel like there has haven't been a enough Good jewel heist. heist. Yeah, I'm still it's about that one. That one uh, in Boston where they stole all those paintings and that was cool. They said that the one mobster that they felt like could tell tell you who had it mm-hmm. or what happened to him, he just died. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's this is probably going to be uh, something that goes down. Why don't you think he told everyone when he knew he was? I'll on put his way it this out. way: if somebody has enough money to pull off this heist and hide it for this many years. Yeah. They have enough money to race anybody. True. That, Connect it that, with them. Yeah. And anybody who said any, anybody who couldn't like all, apparently all the people that did the robbery. Yeah. They got whacked. Man. So, so don't go in on a heist. So it's like oceans 11 down to oceans one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, there's certain things that, like, if you know, I feel like heists and jewel and like jewel heists and art heists only happen in Europe, though. I don't know. Did you hear down in Fells Point that someone broke into the Seven <laughs> Eleven, took the ATM? ATM yeah, ours are like super ghetto <laughs> heists. Like we can't do anything fancy. It's amazing because I went to that Seven Eleven. Yeah, and they just put up a some plywood where the like the guy just drove his car into the side of the building. Yeah, they put the ATM in the back of it and drove up. That There's, seems like a big thing to steal. Do you know that it's been going on for like three years in Baltimore? Here's what I understand. Why are There's there GPS a, chips in the, in the ATM? That does shock me that there aren't. Um, like at this day and age? Right. Just put it in there. Like every safe, every, anything that's important should have a tracker. I think it's because the onus is on like the convenience store. It's not on the ATM company. So I think it's like it's stolen. It's, it might be on them or insurance covers and they just don't care. Uh, if I was an insurance company, I'd be like, stick a tracker in that thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, t- I mean, you're probably only getting a couple thousand dollars. Like yeah, how much right. is in there? I can't believe that they, it's worth it to do that, but apparently it is because in Baltimore, the, I would be more mad that you broke my wall. I'd be like, dude, 
Yeah. Don't be driving through my house or my store. Anyways, okay. Back back to running. Will you run? If, if you he's... hear of any good heists, by the way, let us know. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> We're changing the podcast. It's going to be a murder mystery solving crime. It'll probably be, probably be way more successful in the first week. Yeah. I did look up what the official color is called. Oh, of the Nike, sh- mm-hmm. your alpha fly? Turquoise slash white. That's so boring. What? I know. I was expecting something very exciting. Which company has the crazy? Oh, Hoka has the really crazy color names. Yeah. You gotta look up some of those. Maybe we'll read them all. It's next like week. the um, Gooders. They have like crazy yeah. sunglass names. Whiskey Jack Bag. Yeah. Painkillers on Sunday with Sunday brunch. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a Gooder name. I, I love that Gooder is like, yeah, we use drugs. Yeah. Like <laughs> we embrace it. Yeah. All right. These check ins this week are gonna be a little special. So here's the first check in. It's for Tim Darley, who's running the London Marathon, and he wanted me to remind him to, hey, pump the brakes a little bit, start off easy, you don't want to blow up. All right, what is there more running news? I mean, the only news, I, th- I say we talk about Berlin and Shalane and, and also that it was one okay. of the slowest in 2009. Okay, hold on, Shalane Flanagan. Let's throw that name out there. What's wrong with what I said? You don't like it? Remember last week we were like, oh, everyone knows who Shalane is, first name basis. And uh, someone messaged someone? us. Yeah. Jasmine Closa. And she was like, um, I don't know who you're talking she's about. She's like, I did not know who, who you were talking about. But now, uh, so, Jasmine should know because guess what? She won. Jasmine's from uh, Germany. Germany. So, uh, Shalane, a.k.a. Shalane Flanagan, uh, did quite well in her first of the six majors. What was most insane about her run is, well, first of all, it was a very warm day. Second of all, her... She ran a nine-minute negative split, or it might have been more Whoa. than that. It was insane how much faster she ran the second half. That's that's like a big. Split. And all she was doing was going sub threes, and she ran a two thirty-eight. What? Yeah, it's like a casually very fast. Oh, I thought marathon. she was just going like two fifty-nine. Everything yeah, right? If you think about Shalane, how slow is that for her? I mean, two thirty-eight's fast. Yeah, that, that time won the Boston Marathon a couple years ago. So her her marathon PR is from Berlin, which is a two twenty-one. Okay, but that's not. I mean, I guess that is. It's a uh, forty-five seconds faster per mile. But that doesn't seem like an easy day. No, I mean it's wild. You're still running. Uh, what six-minute miles? About that. Close to it because maybe sub six. Well, no, because a sub three marathon's like six fifty, right? Yeah, six six fifty five. So it'd be about uh, that. a two thirty eight is a six oh one. Yeah, so that's pretty fast. Yes, yeah. I guess when you're used to running five thirties or five twenties a marathon pace, that's when's so when's her next one? What's the next one? London, which is this weekend on Sunday. London, and then next weekend is Chicago, right? Chicago's. Wait, that's not a. Wait, that's a major, right? Wait. Chicago is. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, Chica- wait. They're on the same day? No, next weekend. Like, though, in... What are oh, you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, London is this Sunday. Chicago is the following yeah, Sunday. right. And then she has a break until the... No, wait, well, she Tokyo, do- she's got to do virtually. Yeah. Wait, is Chicago... <laughs> We're doing this again. Chicago's an Abbott marathon, yes. Look up the Abbott... But then she's doing Boston, right? Oh, yeah. So she's doing that the day after? Yes. She's doing half of what 
Jordan's doing. Okay. Two or third. Two thirds. There we go. That's why I was confused. I was like, oh, she's, I thought she was doing like one every week or whatever. But now My thought is that she's going to have to do Chicago pretty like easy. Like close to the three. Yeah. Yeah. So that Boston's not a terrible day. But who knows? Maybe she's mm. just going to crank out sub 240 marathons. That'd be crazy. What if she broke the world record? Well, for a, a oh, she woman, she the back to back to back. She also could for a woman. Yeah. I wonder what the back-to-back record is for women. I don't know. It's probably hard to find. Why? I don't know. I feel like some of those world records are like, like guy juggling six balls while <laughs> riding a unicycle through Do you know the guy who parade. has a Guinness world record for juggling during marathon is from Baltimore? Really? Yeah. So that's the guy I want to punch in the face every time I see him. If you could keep up with him. <laughs> he goes pretty quick. Dude, there's I nothing worse like a than getting ten pa- marathon. There's nothing more juggling. demeaning than getting passed by a juggler. <laughs> I always like getting passed by someone pushing a stroller. That's always oh. fun. There's apparently a woman coming to wine glass who's running sub three and pushing her son who's in a wheelchair. Yeah, running sub three pushing anything because it's like you just. You Although if it's a downhill glass, course, you just let that stroller go. And you hold on to it and it pulls you down. Yeah. Or you just let it go and then catch up to it. We That's went what on, I do with my kids. Yeah, we had we had a uh, a faster bastards run, and uh, this woman was running with her dog, and he was clearly pulling her the whole time. And I'm like, and anytime he got next to someone, he want the dog wanted to pass him. Uh-huh. So I'm like, she's not this fast. Oh, the dog is this fast. She's like she's gonna, just getting dragged. It's like basically it's the Iditarod, but just on land and yeah. not snow. It was tied to her waist, and I'm like, you're getting pulled to a fast pace. That's mm-hmm. not your pace. Yeah, I mean, if little... she can hold it, she's running it. Yeah, but she has six legs, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> if you're getting yanked, and every time you go, it's like having a tailwind. You're getting pulled. Fingers crossed for a tailwind. Yeah. I was, when we were doing our workout today, the wind was hitting me both directions, depending on when I was running, and I was like, you know what? If it if the wind blows at wine glass, you're just going to have to deal with it. I know. I was thinking that. I had real wine glass uh, vibes vibes out there in the wind. Do you wind. think there will ever be like a force field that they'll be able to put around so it'll block wind from courses and stuff? Yeah. It's called the guys who uh, pace Kipchoge. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you think there will be like a digital like force field or something? I'm not going to say no to anything, but it would be cool if you had like a little belt that projected a shield in front of you. Like a particle shield. I honestly, I bet in like twenty years they could do that for a track. That defeats the purpose of rate road races. Well, I'm saying maybe for a track though, okay. like an outdoor track. I bet they can put like a, a like a shield. I was because I was thinking about this for baseball games. They put the nets up now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how long until you can just put like a Wait, clear... are the nets to do something? It's a, it's because everyone's looking at their phones gets hits in the face with a baseball bat. <laughs> you deserve that. Yeah, they you should do. take the nets. I think down. one what happened is like one one kid in the last oh. twenty years like. Probably more than one. <laughs> I got hit in the face with a baseball bat. Like that, they let it go and it oh. like hit them. And um, so now that's like nets the whole way down. Oh, all the way down. Yeah. Oh. So I'm like, how long until we can get a force field here? 
Mm. And I was thinking maybe that could apply to like a well, race. Well, but the, see, that's the difference because you have indoor tracks and outdoor tracks. So basically an indoor track is a force field. For <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe it'll cost more to put the force field in to yeah. just go to indoor track. Can you imagine <laughs> a track the, with a to, force wait, field? <laughs> to build the Death Star versus just build it inside. Dude, it could be like an innovation though, like that Harvard track that's, you know, known yeah, for it. Springboard. Yeah, and they might be able to. Also indoor. Yeah, but imagine an outdoor one with a force field. I want to try. I don't know if we're fast enough. You know when they have the banked indoor tracks? Yeah. Like, are we fast enough to run on that? Like, will we stay on the bank or will I be like... Like, just tip over? Slide, yeah, slide down. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. We, we got to get on one of those. Yeah, if anyone knows about force fields, what was the other thing I need? Pe- oh, heists. Yeah, heists yeah, and force fields. Yeah. All right, so that's probably about it for for this. Good you stuff. get get a real excited though because I really enjoyed this interview and I'm now a huge Parker Stinson fan. I'm hoping that he crushes Boston. We'll see what he says, but I think you're gonna like this one. So get in the mood to get your shoes running and listen to this podcast. All right, so today on the show we have Parker Stinson. He is a Saucony athlete and the U.S. record holder in the 25K with a time of 113.48. I mean, who, who even does a 25K? What's a 25K? It's, <laughs> it seems far and it seems fast. Yeah. Uh, he, so obviously he's an American distance runner. He's known for his aggressive racing style. And over the last two years, he has seven top three finishes in major road races, over distances ranging from the 10K to 25K, and you are a nine-time All-American from the University of Oregon, where you were third in the 5,000 meters at back-to-back NCAA championships. Yeah, I want to go back to the 25K because that's more than a half <laughs> marathon, less than 20 miles. Like, what kind of distance is that? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a distance where you can go get an American record, you know, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Was that inside um, of another race or was it like, no, 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 I swear. Uh, so the only reason I ran it and the only reason why anyone would, would run it is it's part of the U S uh, road running circuit. So there's a, there's a 25 K national championship. Um, so some, some really good people have run that distance and run that championship, but yeah, like people don't run that distance very often. And I think, I think if you equate my American record, run i think it's like a 61 low half marathon so you know very good but um not on not on board with uh some of the other american record marks on the roads so yeah uh if you want to but hey you know without go and get it you know i'm happy for someone else to tr- try to go get it and i don't even the see, record, like there's so. i don't even see races to sign up for that are 25k it's not like like I, I, everybody knows a 5k 10k half marathon marathon you never see anybody like hey let's do a we even ran an 8k yeah we have done that. but uh yeah you don't see too many uh, 25 speaking Ks. of weird distances we ran the uh falmouth road race which you were a part of just a couple months ago or i guess last month wearing the white sockany pro mm-hmm. before people mm-hmm. saw the white sockany pro and everybody's like oh it's the pro too and we're like pro oh, plus i don't think so somebody in the crowd was wearing some wicked weird sockany that we took a picture of. yeah 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 the pink the pink ones. Yeah. The pink ones. Yeah. yeah. Those are cool. Um, well, yeah, I just want to go back to the 25 K record. I think you're right. The, the only more random American record you could possibly have would be the Falmouth 
U.S. Uh, <laughs> road record, <laughs> which would be 7.06 miles or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Falmouth was great. That was my first time running it. And honestly, um, it was my first race in two years where there was crowds and energy and excitement and, and man, Falmouth was loaded this year from the pro standpoint too. And so, um, I didn't realize how much I had been missing that. I, I had done some races. I ran like a fast half marathon in a low key setting in Eugene, Oregon. I ran, um, Naples half marathon, which was pretty low key too. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm back to racing. This is, this is awesome. But I guess I really wasn't until I got back to Falmouth and like had just such a stacked field of guys had all this energy from the crowd. And like you said, um, when we were talking off air earlier, man, just like warming up and seeing all these, all these, um, people getting ready to race their own races and just get, just to get to be a part of something bigger than just your own small little race felt so good again um i didn't realize how much i missed it yeah for us it was like insane seeing so much talent my question and and it was really cool like we were talking about the warm-up and there was like a little path that it seemed like everybody went out on both pros and just people wanted to get a little shake out before the um race so you know you're running by there's molly there's uh jenny it was jenny simpson there uh no but there is uh emma um Emma Bates. Emma Bates was there. Yeah. But the in in seeing that, we're fanning out, obviously. Um, but like was there anybody that was there that you were like, uh, oh wow. Like that's intense. Yeah, for sure. I think I think seeing Molly Seidel so fresh off of off of that. Yeah. I mean I, I I don't even know how she got to Falmouth like in that <laughs> amount of time. Like <laughs> I just like, you know, I and and that she could even walk. Um, nonetheless go and run the race for charity. Um, that was really cool to see her fresh off of her Tokyo bronze medal. Um, and then God, like the story behind her charity run every hour was just getting cooler and cooler. It was like, okay, she'll probably raise like, she'll probably raise a few thousand dollars. Like no, no, no big deal. Like really cool thought to do that. And then I think by the end of it, it was like, Salma's matched it. Then, um, some thoughts some foundation matched it. And then Puma's like, oh, we're going to match all of that. And so I think it ended up being like $40,000 or something yeah, by the end of it. Yeah, crazy. For yeah. a small local so place that was, in Falmouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of geeked out of that whole like experience, like seeing her, seeing what she was doing, and then seeing how much of an impact she made um, just like overnight with, with that run was, was really cool. Yeah, so I was kind of wondering about that. When you see all these other runners that are both kind of competitors slash maybe friends, is it more intimidating for you? Does it make you want to drive to do better during the race, or is it kind of just like hanging out with friends? No, I I don't know how it is for other people, but I'm super competitive. So, I mean, (laughs) it's like it's friendly it's friendly like the day before the race and it's good to catch up with everybody and then like sure after the race it's like great to, i love going down with people like talking about how their race went how their train's going what's coming up but i'm even somebody that in general like i'm not totally against it but i'd rather just like warm up almost by myself than like with this because i see i see some people um i'll see like a group of like 10 professional runners that are all just friends warming up together and I'm like, I don't know, at a certain point, I got to flip the switch, you know? Yeah. It's like less than an hour out. Less than an hour out before we're about to go to battle and to war. And it's like, I can't be just like catching up and like shooting the shit like on my warm up still. Uh, it's, it's a little too much for me. I got to get in the zone at that point. <laughs> yeah, this is something, 
I feel like even in other sports, when I see that, I think it's more common now than it was maybe like 20 years ago when you have competitors and rivals where they're hanging out in the field beforehand. I'm like, come on, you guys are supposed to be like, like hate each other. But at least before the game. Football, you can see it. They they go out there, they smash each other, they talk crap the whole time. And then at the end of the game, you see the guys who know each other from college come over. But before the game, you should be like... Talking shit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe you should bring that to the sport. Maybe we should see like... Pre-locker room, like you talking shit, like Noah Drotty, you know, <laughs> going down, I'm going to grab you by yeah. that long hair. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, yeah, actually, Noah, Noah does like to talk a little shit, but it's just all in good fun. Yeah. So Noah Drotty does bring that to the sport a little bit. We uh, we drove in the night before, uh, myself, Frank, Laura, and Noah drove from Boston down to, down to Falmouth. And yeah, he's always like throwing little one-liners in there, or, like, um, <laughs> I don't even know like what he said. I was like, oh, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to see where I'm at. Like, I'm going to run hard, but things haven't been going great for me. And he's like, oh good. Like, I can't wait to kick your ass tomorrow. Like, that's what he'll say. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's a funny, he's a funny guy for sure. For sure. That's cool, man. Um, so let's talk about where you're at right now with running. I know, um, well, we can t- let's let's dial back a little bit. So 2019 was a big for- year for you. You had the 25K championship and you also had a PR in the, marathon at Chicago, correct? Yeah. Yep. So that was, it seemed like you were really peaking at that time. And let's talk about how you're feeling at the time and then kind of what happened, uh, after that until now. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I changed coaches like at the end of 2018, um, leading into 2019 and that things are going really well most of 2019, but I in training, but I hadn't quite had like a great race to show for it. And then, yeah, um, <laughs> just the, the elusive 25K national record, intergalactic national record, whatever. And that was cool. That was a really just, you know, that was a good performance, but it was more like how it felt. It was one of those days where, like, you felt like the Energizer Bunny. Like, you mm-hmm. could just run as fast. It's why we all, it's like why we all run, that we just hope yeah, to have days hook. like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Like, I just could keep going and, like, I couldn't believe the splits that were coming. So that was really special. And then to go from that to finally, um, you know, I had, I showed promise at the marathon, um, in, in my debut and then in Chicago, like I went out hard and in both of those races and showed like that I was close to maybe doing something well, but, um, you know, the marathon isn't 22 miles, it's 26.2. So you got to finish the whole thing. Um, and so to go, to go finally run 210 at Chicago, um, it was bigger than that. You know, running 210 at the time was a pretty, pretty good mark. Um, it was before the marathon project and all that stuff. But I think what stood out more to me about Chicago was there was about 12 Americans still there at like 22 miles. And I kind of had a feeling I was already going to break the 211, 211, mark. And I shifted, I flipped it. I flipped my mindset. I said, I want to make the Olympics. So if I want to make the Olympics, I have to find a way to get top three in this race right now, because this is, this is so competitive. This is live in this moment right now. Don't be thinking about the Olympic trials in the future. And so I think it was, I was really proud of Chicago. I ended up being about 12, 13 seconds away from the top American behind Jake Riley and Gerald Mock. And I did end up getting third. So that was huge to flip that switch, end up getting third to set myself up really well for the trials coming up in February. And then lo and behold, you know, Jake, not to say like I would have done this, but someone who I was competing well against Jake Riley makes the team. So, um, I think at the time after Chicago, I felt really energized and really excited. 
about my chances at the Olympic trials. I felt like I was maybe like a top six guy, but like people that were looking at that said, Hey, you know, this guy has a special day. Like he could become an Olympian. And I kind of felt the same way. Like I didn't feel like a favorite by any means, but I felt like, man, if things fall the right way, um, this could happen. And so that's how I felt. Um, I went, I took the appropriate time off days and I were really smart, really, um, grateful and humble, like with our results from Chicago and humble moving into the next marathon block. Like we knew like we were going to push the envelope and kind of like, even before we got into pushing the envelope, um, I was just doing like some basic training, just kind of getting to peak mileage. Uh, I, my knee just like blew up one day. Mm. Um, and I, I, I have a really good team, uh, in Boulder and I'm a bit paranoid. I'm a bit, I'm a bit like of a psycho when it comes to staying healthy. So um, my knee hurt like one day, maybe two days. And I was still able to run, but it hurt bad enough that I went on MRI like instantly. Whoa. And I, cause you know, there's Olympic trials coming up. You yeah. know, I, I can't, I can't risk anything. Um, so I got an MRI and I had like a, I had bursitis. I had a fat pad, um, impingement. I had all these things, but nothing that the doctors were like, yeah, this is, this is, we get why you're in a lot of pain but this should be really handled by a cortisone shot. We'll you take a few days down, you take, get a good cortisone shot in there and no problem. You won't even remember that you took this time off. Like when you're on the line at the other trials, and I was like, great, like no, no problem. Let's, let's do that. Um, it did not work at all. Um, I never got back to, I, I found ways to train through the knee injury with kinesio tape and a lot of PT and it was a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could never, I could never run normal again. I was limping so much while running a hundred mile weeks that I actually got my first stress fracture ever oh, um, in my other, right. in my yeah. other foot. Yeah. And a Got lot of people it. don't know that. Um, yeah. A lot of people, you know, they thought, Oh, this knee injury put him out of the Olympic trials. And that is true to an extent, but I had that under control enough that I was going to run the Olympic trials. Like it was going to be, I mean, I was, I wasn't going to probably run well and, that course is going to really punish my knee, but I had, I had developed a weird enough like voodoo system to like keep running. <laughs> um, but then I, I, I blew my, I blew my knee up, my, my, my foot up and I couldn't even walk. Um, and that's where I, and then I, and that's when I posted on Instagram about, um, a few weeks before, like a week before that, uh, I did have to have to plot the trials. Um, and I don't know how much more you guys want me to keep going. I mean, there's a lot no, more to the story. I'm, I'm willing to well, share, no, I'm, but I, I feel like I'm ranting. The first thing I would say is sounds like that doctor was full of shit. But, um, yeah. um, I don't know if you've gone back to him. Was it just one of those things not, where they... I have, I've moved on. Okay, I was going to say, did he just miss the mark? Like, it's usually funny because most of the time the doctors are like, hey you're stop running. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I guess with you, they probably know, Hey, he's, he's fairly serious this is his career. He's going to keep going. Let's just shoot some quarters. Yeah. I don't want to say too much because he is a well, he's a, he's a well-respected doctor in Boulder, but, um, he's, I'll say this. He's helped a lot of people and I'm sure that there's a lot of great stories. Uh, it was a really negative experience for me, yeah. unfortunately. Um, because I did, I went and got a cortisone shot, um, later in this process. And we'll get to that. And it fixed it instantly for six weeks. And uh, that's all I, that's all I needed. That's all I needed was it to be fixed for six weeks so I could run, um, the Olympic trials. And I got this cortisone shot, man. And, and it was like, it was worse. I got the cortisone shot 
I don't know if I had a reaction to it or what, but uh, it was it was a really weird experience because I've had actually quite a few cortisone shots and they've always been really positive experiences for me. Um, so yeah, missing the mark is, uh, I think kind of what happened. Mm. That's, that's a hard <laughs> pill to swallow. Wrong, I think he put it in the wrong me. I think he put it in the wrong me. <laughs> he, he put it in the foot. Um, the, yeah. I mean, that's gotta be a hard pill to swallow, especially when you are kind of on a roll at that period of time. And I feel like you said, Hey, all runners is what we look for those days where you have that effortless, like, Oh my God, how is this happening? This stride. And that's, I think what does get us addicted to racing is for every 10 races, you get one or so of those races where you slide through and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm an incredible runner. Um, is, is how psychologically did it, how much psychologically did it mess with your head going from these great performances to being sidelined in perhaps one of the most important races of, of your career up to now. Yeah. It messes me a lot. And like, I tell you what messes me the most was pulling out of the trials was incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, but what, what got me through pulling out of the trials was like, okay, I'm going to take this time and get healthy and I'm not going to become an Olympian. I'm going to have to wait for my shot to do that. But you know what? I'll go and crush uh, Boston in April, or I'll go have a great world marathon major. I'm still, no, you won't, cause you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go heal up and things are going to be great. And sure. Um, COVID did become full blown and all those races got canceled, but even worse for me, and I guess not even worse. That was, that's a horrible thing. It's a worldwide pandemic, but worse for my personal life was um, I did not get better at all. Um, I actually got three MRIs during this whole injury process. And while taking time off, um, I got cortisone shot, two cortisone shots. I did PRP. Um, I took six months off running and my MRIs continued to get worse. Oh my, I, my fat pad, my fat pad got more enlarged, more inflamed. I've never heard um, of a fat pad. Have you? Uh, no. What's a fat pad? Yeah. I think you have them all over your body. I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to sound like I know it. I have this thing sometimes where I, <laughs> I, 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 I talk Express. about things. <laughs> yeah, I talk about things like I know what I'm talking about, and then I end up being like totally wrong. Um, but I think you have them all over your body. But I guess I'll just speak to the one in the knee. It's it's in your knee, and it can get pinched and enlarged and inflamed. And the problem w- with that is it throws off all your knee tracking. Mm. So your knee isn't tracking or gliding at all the way it should. Yeah. And it causes problems all over your knee. Um, and so I eventually had to, I ran out of options. I took six months off from running and I wasn't any better, any closer to running. So then I went and got surgery at the Stedman clinic after trying everything. And thank God that worked. Um, they shaved down my fat pad. Um, they, it just sounds funny. She shaved down my fat pad. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Um, and then they messed with my IT band a little bit. And then I had to, and then I had to deal with that whole, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and it's kind of like surgery. I've had two surgeries, one on my Achilles, one on my knee. And it's kind of like doing a deal with the devil. Um, they fix, they do fix what they say they're going to fix, but man, you have a lot of issues afterwards mm-hmm. because your problem, your new problem, your new injury is that you got surgery and you have so much scar tissue, limited range of motion. Um, it's never quite the same. 
your, your body's never quite the same as it was before the surgery. And so I had, then I've had to deal with that whole process and that was over a year ago. And that's, I mean, I still deal with it. Like it's, it's crazy. I still deal with problems. So yeah. What was it like? Just so did you not run at all for six months? Um, I, that would have been better. I ran, uh, I, I ran, cause then I would have had some fun. I think I, uh, I ran, I would run every few like week, I would take a week off and go run again. And I could put, I could run three miles one day and I was like, Oh, I think I feel okay. And then I would try to put like a day or two together and it would just be oh, so painful. I know exactly oh, that what back, he's talking about. The and back and forth anybody feeling. Anybody who's <laughs> gone through a long lingering like injury does that where you think, yeah. okay, I ran a mile and you're like, I'm going to play it cool. Yeah. Just going to run a mile. You go back to the house. You're like, okay, tomorrow it, that seemed fine. I'm going to run two miles and mile and a half in yeah. hop. It's like, how, how can you still, it was literally at the point, like, how could you still be injured? It was crazy. Like how I just didn't understand of like, I, and then like, you know, I would have friends that'd be like, Oh, I got a stress fracture. And I'd be like, dude, I would kill. Yeah. I just, that thing will heal in six weeks. You just go, you just go to Mexico, you go have some fun, go see your family, do whatever. And you're healed up. Um, well, this was a very, yeah, like you said it, man. It was just like a cruel injury because it would keep teasing you like it was better and then it would, it would, it wouldn't be. And you couldn't leave the sport because yeah. you kept trying. You kept trying new things. It's like getting and you back couldn't together leave the with sport. Yeah. <laughs> like, you think it's going to change, yeah. but it ends the same way every time. But, oh, God. Uh, so yeah, exactly. I got a question for you. You're going through this, and it's known that somebody who cares about running, even down to our enthusiast level, when you're not able to run, when you're not able to perform, it usually ruins the rest of what's going on around you as well. well how are your friends and family like uh, dealing with you during this period? Were you easy on them or were you like in a, like a kind of woe is me kind of head, head space? Yeah. Um, I was in, uh, no, I was in an, I'm a very dramatic person for sure. Um, I was in an incredibly, incredibly dark place. Um, I also had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life um, outside of running that was really, really rough. So um, it was the hardest six months uh, of my life by far. Because, oh, wow. um, you know, it's funny. It's funny, you know, I just remember I had three major things going on in my life. Um, one, one, I was dealing with COVID like everybody else, oh, yeah. which was like really hard. That was really hard to deal with. Um, but, and, and as we know, most people, um, most people, we're dealing with COVID by going out, going out and running, you yeah. know, like, they're yeah. like, Oh, like That's we right. can't do anything. And like, let's go like, like there's been a huge running boom. So I was dealing with COVID. I was dealing with a really, really tough injury that I didn't know the that like if it was going to end my career, I didn't know like what the future held for me because I continued to not get better. Um, and then I was dealing with some really, really tough personal stuff. And so it just like, man, it, when it rains, it pours, yeah. it was just, it was just brutal. Um, I would say though, to, to answer your question, um, not, I got a lot, lot closer with my family and I got a lot closer with a few of my friends. So there was something really special that came out of all those, all those, uh, trials and tribulations. Um, not all my friends and, and everything, but a few friends I definitely got really, really close with. Um, I had to lean on them a lot, um, which I'm so grateful for them. And then, yeah, my, my relationship with my family, um, is better than it's ever been. So I'm really grateful for that. Were you, when you were going through that and were you at least able to see the silver lining that 
there there weren't races, there weren't competitions that you were missing? Yeah, I felt, it was weird though. I'll say this. I felt very, um, it was weird feeling because I felt so bad for my friends and peers and, and then just the world and people in general. So there was like a huge part of me that just was like, this is crazy. And I feel so bad for, for everybody like that's in great shape. That's worked. That's made all these sacrifices and all this stuff. So I felt that way. But then, yeah, of course, like from a selfish, like I'm the center of the universe kind of like <laughs> no, my mindset that we, that we have to have as professional athletes sometimes like, yeah, it was a godsend it was a godsend that there weren't all these races going on. And I had the time to, to get surgery and I had the time to, um, get healthy. And then, yeah, like I, I recently signed a four year deal with Sockney that there's no way I would have signed that, um, with all those races going on. Cause they would have been like, man, Parker's still hurt. Parker's yeah. still hurt. Like what's going on. And, and being hurt during the pandemic, they, they didn't think twice about it. They're just like, Oh, that's get, great. Like he healthy. has this, uh, yeah, he has this chronic injury. Like, why not? Yeah, go get surgery right now. Like, that's brilliant. So, um, well, you know, it, so yeah. You know, I know that you, it sounds like there's a little bit of guilt in knowing that you're focused on yourself when stuff's going on, like a pandemic or other people can't race. But overall, I mean, you know, we're, we're actually, we're interviewing you. So it's like, we're not, you know, we're, we want to know how you feel about it. But also on the, on the flip side of that, it does seem like for the sport and for the athletes that maybe a little break was a good thing um, not that COVID was a good thing, but a break in competition because people were dying for it, like to come back and uh, oh, yeah. like the marathon project, which you mentioned earlier, that was exciting because you got to see these people that were obviously pent up, had done been training and keeping fit, but had no place to show their fitness and to have that go off. I mean, that was one of the most exciting uh, events of 2020. Yeah, for sure. You know, I love what you're saying. You know what it reminds me of is when I was a young um, professional, I, I came out of college and I just, the world was my oyster. I wanted to run, I wanted to run track well. I wanted to run road races well. I wanted to run, I wanted to run every weekend and win this race, win that race, do whatever I could. And I eventually, and I did not run well. I didn't run well because there was no structure. I was just very, it was like so greedy. I wanted to do this race, I wanted to do that race. And I then had to take a look back and go, you know what? When I was in NCAAs, I did race a lot, but only really like two or three races mattered in like a year. And every other race was just like working on things and like things were all building. They were building towards these huge peaking moments. And what you said about the pandemic makes me think the same thing. Like I think people needed, they needed a break and they needed to just like dial it back and like, and then refocus on like what mattered in their running, what was important to them and what events were important to them. Because I think our sport, it's so different. Like football and all these like baseball, all these like big time sports, they're not year round. Like you, you, you <laughs> crush it for three months, you crush it for three months and then you, you take a break and you, you have an off season camp or whatever, but running is ridiculous. Like from the collegiate level, all the way to the professional level. Like if there's, if, if you didn't run well one weekend, well, who cares? Because there's another race next weekend that you can go run. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but, I, but I, but I don't think that's a good thing. I think, I think it's, it, it was, it was nice to slow down and dial it back and give people that break because, um, this sport is all about hitting those peaks and having those, those special moments, those days, like I said, where you don't get tired and you don't get, you don't get an award for being 
or you people don't appreciate someone who's just solid all the time, really. What they really want to see is someone who hits it out of the park. And so I think, um, I think COVID helped a lot of people dial it back. And we saw so many people hit it out of the park when races yeah. came back. Yeah. It's hard not to get obsessed. And again, even from an amateur, like enthusiast, like, like we like to run, you have, you want to like, as soon as you finish a, an event, what are you signing up for next? What are you doing next? And I'm yeah. sure that it's even more pressure being a sponsored athlete. Where are you going to show us? We need to see you represent. What's your plan? How many things are we going to do? And, and, you know, you tell me like being a Saucony sponsored athlete, how obligated do you feel to like pick out your races and have the next thing on the map and be working with a coach constantly? Yeah. Um, I think, I think Saucony is super cool. Um, I think they're really low key. They, they're a family, family type company and they, they just want what's best. They just want what's best for you. And so like, they're, they're always just like, what are your goals? What do you want? What, how can we help you achieve those things? So, I mean, I have stuff in my contract that's like, you need to race this many times a year, but nobody's ever brought it up. I've been a soccer athlete for six years. No one's ever enforced anything. No one's ever brought anything up. Um, I think it's just in there to protect Saucony at the end of the day. Like if you don't race, if you race one race all yeah. year, they just, they're going to be like, they're going to be like, Hey, like, you know, this is why can we, not, can we talk about Saucony anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I think, I think it's back to kind of what I think the strategy is and it doesn't always work out. You know, you're kind of hedging your bets when you do this, but I think the biggest pressure I feel is like quality over quantity when it comes to races. Um, I think, Sock, like we all, Sockney wants to see me, you know, I run one marathon a year and like there's a huge buildup to it. There's a lot of excitement about it. And man, you really need that to go well, right? Because you're only running one a year. Um, and I think that's what they look more look for. They want to see you perform really well one or two times a year and then tell your story on social media or through podcasts with you guys and get your story out there the rest of the year. But I don't think Sockney really care you know if you're racing 12 times a year but you're getting you know you know 10th place at small road races or something all the time like i don't know yeah. if that's as important to them as you know having a presence at some of these bigger races and and really really going for it yeah um do you feel like i know pressure I, from them to to be on social media or do you enjoy you know the aspect of social media and sharing some of your your running yeah, I, I love it. Um, I, especially like this last year when I got really, really hurt and like couldn't run and do all this kind of stuff. I just felt amazing to, ha to have support. I, I don't know if everyone's like this, um, but the people I, yeah, the people that follow me on social media um, are so positive and so supportive. I, it's, it's just, you know, it's funny because a lot of times like the internet can be a really, really negative, like hostile space, but that hasn't been my experience. And so, um, I've just gotten a lot of like love for the sport. A lot of times, like when I feel down, like I have followers that'll reach out to me and just like remind me of like why I'm doing it. Um, and at this point, like, yeah, it means a lot to have that support from people. So I love sharing my journey. Um, and I think like, I think that's what's helped me um, have such a following is like sharing all these lows, sharing like, like it's easy to just share like, Oh, I ran two ten at Chicago. Like it was so easy. I felt amazing. <laughs> or I broke, or I broke this, broke this record, you know? 
but like people can't relate to that stuff as much. Like what they can, they can relate to is like, Oh wow. Parker got hurt for six months or like his comeback was really hard and had all these setbacks. Like that's like the, the experience that most people experience with running is a lot of hardship, a lot of setbacks. Um, and like, I love what you said. It's like, what in every 10 race like goes well. And it reminds me of what my dad, my dad and I are both very, 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 um, mediocre if that golfers. <laughs> but when you go golf, yeah, when you go golf, man, you, you'll have a, you'll have a horrible swing. You'll, you'll, you know, you're not, uh, hit the ball well, not hit the ball well, but man, every now and then you'll play around a golf and you'll hit just like a, a professional level shot. You'll hit like a just perfect shot and you go, Oh, that's why I'm playing because every now and then you, you get that feeling. And, and I think running is really, really similar to that. Well, you said that people reminded you, um, why you run what, and, and we talked about just now the, the golf ball swing and hitting it just right every once in a while. And the same thing with baseball when you hit, hit that ball, just correct. And it just connects. Um, but what, what is it about running? Why, why do you push yourself? Why do you find this to be your, your canvas? Yeah, I think, um, we all know it. Like, I just, I love, I do like what you said. I love pushing myself. I love, I just love getting to that moment and it doesn't even have to be a race. It can even just be a workout where, you know, you've given your all and somehow you find a way to just push one more time or just break through that, break through that, that wall. And I had a, I had a saying, I was signing some cards, um, two years ago. Uh, when I was doing some of the parent stuff and I was signing little like player cards to people. And I just kept, I had a phrase that I was really into back then. And I just was saying your biggest breakthrough will happen a moment after you almost gave up. And it's just like, that's what it's all about. You know, whether you, whether you PR or whether you, you do whatever, it's like, what we're all looking for is we all want to just be, we all want to be tough enough when that moment comes in the race. Are we, are we still choosing that decision to keep pushing and, and say yes to the pain? And so that's where that phrase kind of is, is like, man, when you almost gave up, if you just push through, that's the breakthrough, whether you hit the time or not, whether you like accomplish like that, that goal. Cause you know, a lot of goals, like for me, like my, my goal is top 10 at Boston. That's what I want to do. Well, I can train to, to be top 10 at Boston. I can run a perfect race to be top 10 at Boston, but I can't control what everybody else, how, how everybody else's race. I could run the race of my life and get 11, you know, and you could be like, Oh, well I failed. But as long as like I'm saying yes every time that pain comes and I'm and I'm pushing through that wall, that's kind of what what running means to me. Um, I think it's uh, I guess to answer your question a little more too, it's, it's character defining for me. Um, I I really get tied up with my identity in running a bit, probably a little too much, a little more than I should. Um, and showing up each day and putting in the work like I'm supposed to working hard and, and honoring that work and honoring my coaches and honoring my, my sponsors in races by, by working really hard. That's, that's why I do it. And that's what motivate motivates me. Second check-in Tim, how are we doing? Are we running? Are we staying cool? Are we not going out too fast? You should still be in the zone where maybe you're picking it up a little bit, but you're not going all out. You're going to save something for that last bit of this race. So make sure you're staying under control, feeling smooth. Pick your head up. Look at the other racers. Feel some excitement about what you're doing right now in London. This is pretty epic. Um, so I want to come back to the pain thing and pushing through that. And, you know, when we talk to a lot of runners, we hear 
about that, the pain cave or pushing through the pain or getting that certain point. And I kind of want to ask you what, it, what's an example of a race or when that comes to you in a race and how you worked through that and pushed through to that, you know, to that next level. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I've always found this, I hope I can articulate this the right way, but I always found running so interesting, even from like when I was a little kid. Um, when you run your best races, they come pretty easily to you. Wouldn't you, wouldn't, wouldn't you say like mm-hmm. it, things just click and it, it, you don't have to be super tough. It's just a flow state. Suck so bad. <laughs> yeah. No, and it, but what's funny is, so when, uh, when I laugh is like, I run these, like you run these good races and people just praise you and they're like, Oh my God, you were so tough. How did you do it? How, whatever. And I always just kind of would laugh to myself. I'd be like, I wasn't tough at all. Like that race was easy. Like I just got the performance. Yeah, and then, you know, you have, <laughs> yeah, then you, then you have the, you have the bad races and you're tough as hell in the bad races and no one's talking to you afterwards. <laughs> no one's saying how tough you were. No one is praising you. Um, so yeah, the bad races, man, are like, are, are so hard. Um, but I'll go to like, I'll go to like maybe like a Falmouth race, which is recent. How did I push through? Cause that was a really tough race, but I did run well. Um, so something like something I try to think about for those races is like kind of like the longer I can stay on it, like my foot on the gas, the longer I can stay in an exciting position. Cause there was a lot of times in Falmouth where I was like, we're running too fast for me. Like I, I shouldn't really be here. Like this is not my pace. Um, I don't have the fitness to run this. And I felt that way about it mile two. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, mile two, for anybody who doesn't know Falmouth, mile two, you're still on like these rolling hills that are kind of challenging. Oh yeah, it's challenging. And the thing, you're on these rolling hills and you're like, oh, let me just get off these rolling hills and everything will be okay. And then you're like out in this like sun blasted like beach with wind and stuff. So it was just like such a hard situation. So to answer your question, how I push through, like something I've been doing lately is I think, man, I really think this will, will help a lot of people or maybe like they can relate. If you, if, have you ever got to a point in a race where it's gotten really hard and you, and you give in and you go, I'm going to, I'm just going to back off a little bit here because it's a little too hard and it'll get easier. And then I'll like be able to pick it up. That never happens. <laughs> so it never happens. Whenever, whenever you, whenever you back off, it gets harder and you run slower. Yeah. You just and like, you feel like just, crap about yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly. So don't my, my, here's my advice. Don't do that. Don't do it because every time it never, and I don't think it's worked for anybody in the history of the sport, except maybe like if you backed off early enough in some wild marathon, because the marathon is so long that maybe you rallied back. But in general, what I've been doing, like, so I found this, I felt like it was too fast, but I was like, you know what? the longer I can stay with these guys, the less time I'll be alone and like feeling bad for myself and, 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 and running slow. So I said, another mile, let's do it. Another mile, another mile, stick with it. I got dropped a little bit. I pushed back up and, and my, my, I never thought I could like actually finish the whole seven miles with people. But I was like, man, but if I can make it to like five and a half, or six or actually I'll, I'll, I'll confess a little bit. I knew my host family was at five and a half miles <laughs> and I really wanted to not, I really wanted to not embarrass them. So <laughs> I was like, man, if I can, <laughs> if I can just get to five and a half and look good for my host family, then I can like pack it in. Next I can, time like, you should meet the host family in. to mile 6.75. Yeah. Did, you, did your host yeah. family have a sign in their yard that said, uh, stop playing pickleball? I don't 
don't think so. Okay. There no, was a big, a lot of people there's are, a big no pickleball contingency <laughs> on, on that island. You're not happy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So I guess, I guess my, to, to finally answer your question, my advice on how to push through or whatever, find your goal for your race and you need to do everything you can possibly do to stay in an exciting position of, of, of potentially reaching that goal, whatever that is. And the longer you can stay in it and see that, like that light at the end of the tunnel, just like the potential of reaching that goal, you're going to stay excited. You're going to stay in it and you're going to be able to kind of do some superhuman things more than you thought you could. But if you back off or you get out of that kind of that zone, um, that's where we really fall short of like our fitness and, and we get disappointed with the results and, and things like that. I love so. it. That's good. That's, I, I have a marathon next weekend. So that's helpful for me. <laughs> what are you running? Wine glass. Oh, cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Were you on, so there was a nice boat with a bunch of elite runners on it. Were you on that boat after the race? I did. I, I didn't get the invite. Oh, I didn't get the invite. Man, no, sad. I was like, no, I was actually, I saw all the Instagram stuff about it and, Normally I don't get upset, but I was a little sad. I was. We were we were there with the host Asics, and I was like, "Where are all the elites?" And apparently they're, they're on a boat, boat. <laughs> like yeah, uh, yeah, Step Brothers on... style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was like myself, Noah Drotti, and I'm trying to think of who else I didn't see on the boat. But it was yeah, it was basically everyone but me. And, and Noah, so. Well, I, I think I, I would rather be hanging out with you and Noah than be on that boat. I mean, oh, Noah, Noah, that's nice yeah, of Noah can play a mean guitar, right? Yeah, bass, yeah, super yeah. Bass, yeah. No, no, Noah's, Noah's a really cool dude. I actually went to his band uh, down at, I went to one of their concerts down in Denver recently, and they're, they're I don't know, man, I, I can see in a few years, like, them having a breakout, for sure. Yeah, so, and they'll be like, that guy used mean, to run. They, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they're actually good enough. They just need to, it's like in that industry, it's just getting you got to get lucky. Like you have you to have the right use person here. Song you. on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, especially exactly. now it's like with with how much Spotify has democratized everything. It's yeah. like really hard to get noticed out there. <laughs> um, yeah. What? Uh, so, are you someone who listens to music on a run or not? Good segue, Robbie. Um, I run a I run a treadmill. Um, probably like four times a week. And I, I, I listen to the, uh, to music on the treadmill every time, but not, not out and about, um, not to be like a Debbie downer, but I just think it's like a bit like dangerous to be honest, oh, like to listen sure. to music. Out and, when you're on the treadmill, are you doing Zwift or anything? No, I do have Zwift and I've done some events for Saucony and I like it. Um, but, but normally I'm on the treadmill, dude. I'm kind of a weird, I'm kind of a weird guy. I'll be on the treadmill at like, 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m., and I just, like, it's already late. I don't have time to, like, load up Zwift yeah. and, like, set it all up and stuff, so. Why the treadmill? <sighs> That's a good question. I guess one of the main reasons is because I'm running at, like, 8 p.m., so I can't really run outside. Um, I do like the music aspect, running on the treadmill. Um, one little thing I like about it as well, to be honest with you, um, I... I don't care about heart rate like a ton. I don't do heart rate training, but I definitely look at my heart rate all the time, like after my runs. And I, I have like a mental idea of what, idea should, of what should be. And I have noticed that um, I really, really recover well on the treadmill. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go on the treadmill and my heart rate will be like in the 120s after like a five mile run. Oh. And if I go run outside, 
I think I just get caught up in the run. Like I'm like, I just, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm on this run. And like, I'm like enjoying this and enjoying that. And I just like will run too fast and I don't recover, um, like pure recovery as much. So when I run the treadmill, I'm running really slow in the evenings, um, just four or five miles, listen to music, zone out, go at night. Um, and yeah, super low heart rate. And then I just feel ready to go. Why, why nighttime? It feels like, uh, just because I'm lazy, I think. I don't know. Um, I've run, I've run like 12 or 13 miles in the morning, you know, and I'm just like kind of tired. And, um, Does that not get you like, prepared I, for races? What, what's that? Like most races start in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I told you, I, I preface this because I'm a weird dude. So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> so that's a I'm a weird dude. It yeah. I think it's, I think it's a little, I think it's the word carthetic. Is that how you say it? Say it again. Um, I think it, I just, carthetic or oh, cathartic. It's like healing. Cathartic. Cathartic. Mm-hmm. Sorry. 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 I knew I was saying it wrong. It just feels cathartic to me. Like I just feel like, I don't know. I just, something I like about it. And I will say this too. Um, it allows me to like go maybe do something with like, maybe I can go meet up with friends at five, and, like go hang out and just like go live my life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then I'll like come home and then go jog on the jog on the treadmill. So hopefully not after so, yeah. a few beers. That's always <laughs> never a yeah. good time. Or no, I mean, recently after a few beers at the ball game. I did get pretty lit up at the Orioles game and then had to run home. And oh, it, was, yeah. it was a good time. That was, a awesome. run. that was at one in the morning. So that was fun. <laughs> So it wasn't oh, early man. morning run. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, like, I think I got really into this treadmill running and at night when I started kind of like really diving into marathon training again and running like 115 miles a week. And honestly, you're just running so much that I'm kind of like, I'm like, I'm just going to run when I want to run. Like, I'm not going to like make myself run at, I'm not going to make myself run at like, um, 7am and like 4pm like I'm just not going to make myself do that like it's already hard enough so just go when you feel like yeah. going so I just found myself I just go ahead I was going to say obviously you're not uh, running with a group then like you're not like uh, obviously you know we're real familiar with some of the training groups in, in the Boulder area you're kind of doing a solo thing yeah it's been weird I um, when I was coming back from surgery and I was training for like the half marathon and all these other things I was training with OAC probably two or three times a week. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, and I love doing that. And then, you know, um, I'm still, I still can sometimes link up with them when it makes sense. But ever since I started this marathon block, you know, they were going to like the diamond league finals and traveling all over Europe. And I, I was just doing so much volume that like, I was so tired in a lot of my workouts and they're so fresh. And honestly, they're just like better athletes than me. Like it was just like, didn't really make sense that, I, I it, we couldn't really link up anymore. So yeah, I've been doing a ton solo in this marathon block. It's been brutal, man. It's been like, like it's. I've been, I've been. This is the most tested I've ever been mm. in my running career, oh, wow. Ment- mentally and physically, the most tested. And I hope, I hope that leads to a really great result. But either way, the journey, the journey has been really, really tough. Um, and I've, I've grown a lot. I've grown a lot in this marathon block for sure. So you're two weeks out, right? Yeah. Less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At, yeah. What was crazy is I was just talking to my roommate, Morgan Pearson about this and I'm right under two weeks out from Boston, but you know, they make you, they make you go out there on Thursday. Oh. Um, so I'm almost like, I'm almost like a week away from like yeah. traveling out there, which is crazy to think about. And you just got back from Germany, right? 
Yeah. 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 Letting, yeah. Letting, that letting, was kind of nice of you guys to let uh, Wardy win. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. I'm such a nice guy. Exactly. Uh, no, that was cool, man. That was a crazy event. Did you guys watch any of that? Yeah, it was we, like I got some like a, the gram. It looked like a rave. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a rave. with smoke machines and lasers, and like it was hilarious. So, so. If, it, if anyone listening doesn't know, uh, the Saucony Endorphin Pro Plus just released today, and as we're talking, and they did a promotional event in Germany at this old like a coal mining industrial facility complex it's a, it's a it's a unesco world heritage okay, site cool. yeah super cool i don't i don't know how they even got away with i don't know how you can money. do that at a unesco world heritage money. yeah money <laughs> donations money, money talks yeah. yeah yeah exactly um so yeah it was at a unesco world heritage site in Essen, germany and yeah it's an old it's um one of the mine shops there is known as the one of the most beautiful coal mine shops in the world. Whatever that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you the competition is stiff for that. <laughs> hey, no, just like just like the twenty five K, right? Yeah. So that's how that's how competitive it's the most it is. Beautiful <laughs> mine shaft in the world. Oh, uh, um, so actually we're gonna be in Boston. We're we're following an athlete who's trying to uh to do a pretty intense he's doing both or all three baltimore chicago and boston so we're going to be uh wow. riding along with him and filming it and he's trying to do them all under 230 so he won't be up there with you but uh we'll, we'll be around we might yeah if you hear someone yelling out your name along with the other twenty thousand people that's probably us yeah obviously it would be us. Yeah. oh man hey you never know boston's a crazy race you know he may be closing down on me over heartbreak hill depending yes. on how it goes so hey, it's, it's the see. third one out of three in three days um quick that is so cool what inspired oh go ahead, go oh, no, ahead. No, no, what no, go ahead. inspired this stuff uh, he, he what inspired is, this journey he's actually an orthopedic surgeon he's uh was a navy academy graduate um He's Under Armour's letting him try out the prototype shoe. So it's kind of a promotion with that. So he's just one of those guys that likes doing nutty stuff. Like he's on his bucket list is to see all the seven wonders of the world. He's already seen like uh, five or so of them. He just likes, yeah. I mean, he just does crazy. Yeah. He does Iron Man's and then also will turn yeah. around and do Rim to Rant. Like yeah. Last week stuff. he did a, a, a full Iron Man in Maryland. And you know we're like kind of chill, and came in. We got three men came in sixth place. So <laughs> yeah, it's like legit. He, this is the craziest thing. So he was getting off the bike in 80th place at the Ironman, and uh, ended up finishing in what did you say? Six place. Six, so, six so, place. That sounds like such a fun way to run a marathon. It will Passing be cool. 74 right? people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Build your confidence. But anyway, so yeah, we'll we'll be yeah. doing that. It's, it's it's definitely interesting, and I I love that's what I love about running too is that you do get to see people setting all kinds of weird goals that could be totally different from what your goal is, but it's still like super impressive, whether yeah. it's ultra running or anything like that. It's very cool. Yeah. It'll be, I think it'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. Check it. We're, we're going to have stuff on our Instagram to check out and it should be fun. But yeah, uh, cool. definitely if we see you in Boston, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll scream out something. Um, so yeah, awesome. I can't wait. Probably like go, Parker, <laughs> you're almost there. No, we need we need a uh, we need an inside. We need something inside. We'll figure it out because I need to know it's you, man. I gotta know yeah. it's you. Let's, let's we need come an up inside with a code thing. word. 
to yell out. <laughs> burp, burp. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll probably be a exactly. shave, shave that fat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, fat pad. Shave your fat pad. That'd be pretty good. Um, real quick, I went to, yeah. we have to talk about the Endorphin Pro Plus because we haven't even talked about it yet. I want to know what the pink shoe was. But yeah, do you have a little? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you anything okay. about the pink shoe, but it's coming. All yeah, right. yeah. Right. It's it, sweet, it's sweet, it, it's good. Is it? Can you just let us know, is it in the same category as the pro or is it in a different category? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they're, I think Saucony is really excited and really invested in, uh, the endorphin line and, and the pro, the pro shoes for sure. So I think you're going to see, um, a lot of cool stuff coming out from so, them. So if a dude was racing in, in a shoe in an important race like the Falmouth and you'd want to have the pinnacle Saucony racing shoe on, wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but when you were at Falmouth, you ran the Pro Plus, and obviously we we're just saying how that came out today. What are I, I, we ran in it too? I love it. Uh, I, I have to say, I know it's just a simple update with the upper, and yes, nothing yes, else but, has changed. But it, it changes the shoe for me, dude. I've been, so I've been on a few things and like, I've been, I've been talking about it on Instagram and some people have given me like, like flack, you know, and they're like, all they did was change the upper and they charged this much money. I, I, but there's some magic to it. I don't know. I I'm with you. Like, I'm so glad you said that because I haven't got to talk to a lot of people about their experience in this shoe. So I didn't know if it was just me, but there was something about the way that upper like allows your foot and allows the energy return to ride in the shoe. And I think it is like, just so much better. Yeah, I don't I, know. It's just so fast. I had, uh, like, if you were going to ask me what my favorite top tier super shoes were right now, before getting the plus, I would have said it was the Alpha Fly, Vaporfly, Metaspeed Sky, RC Elite 2. And then the next okay. tier down, I would have probably put the Saucony Pro. Um, and I was telling Robbie, because we, we ran in it all last week. And I was like, I don't know. There's, I know it's just an upper. Maybe it's that three quarters of an ounce lighter. There's something about the shoe that now I enjoy running. It It just feels a little bouncier. It feels a little more, a little more pep. And uh, I thought maybe I'm just nuts. No, I think so. I think you're onto something because I can give a little more insight, and that's what that's what we're here for. So I'm glad to share this. Like, so that upper has been a long time in the works because you would think we got like a long time ago. This is like before Chicago in 2019, I was really aggressive on the upper and I was like, dude, get, give me like the, I want a crazy track upper on this thing. Like I was like, I love this shoe. Um, it's perfect. I bro- and this was after, yes, this is after I broke the American record in it and it was before Chicago. And I say, yeah, but we can make this so much lighter with a better upper. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, Saucony was like, Saucony put the lightest upper they could possibly find on there. I mean, you could see my foot through the the upper and the shoe kind of sucked it, like it didn't it, it didn't it, you would so my point is just like you would think you just need to put the lightest upper on there and it would be perfect it doesn't work like that like it doesn't because it doesn't hold your foot in the right way the, the energy i think like i think There's it was so my foot was just moving way too much so this upper um on the endorphin pro plus getting it really light but also getting it to hold your foot the right way and get that right energy return has been, has taken a lot longer to figure out. And it's a bigger update than people are giving it credit for. It feels lively. Like I said, 
Yeah, if it was about just putting the light of supper on and selling the shoe, we they could have done that two years ago with the, the prototype they made me, but it wasn't it wasn't effective. And so that's why they didn't come out with it. And so they waited until they found something. They really hit they hit the sweet spot with this shoe. They really did. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I feel the same amazing. way. Like I yeah, does. that kit, that white kit. Yeah. Looks super. It, it looks so good. You just feel fast. It's kind of like, um, you know what it's like? Do you guys know the Sandlot movie? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like at the end of the Sandlot movie when uh, I think it's Benny. I think his name is Benny. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the one of the yeah, main guys. Yeah. And he, exactly. He walks up to the, the, the gate. He's going to go take on the beast. And he, he opens up his brand new pair of PF flyers. They look so fresh. And it says on the box, guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher. And there's just something about a nice looking new pair of shoes, a nice kit. Um, kind of, it's kind of like baking it before you make it right. Like yeah. you just, you got to look the part. For you sure. gotta look the part. Well, that I always say there's a placebo effect. And I actually said to Robbie, when we were doing the review, I said, I don't know, this shoe is kind of exposed how much the look of a product changes my feeling towards it. So we, you know, obviously we just got the, the pro two or the, yeah, the update, the pro two, which was just an upper update again on, on the new yeah. with the checkerboards and, you know, it was fun and everything like that. But when we got the, the pro plus and it is so clean and so white, I was immediately like, it had that looks fast, feels fast. You are fast kind of feel. Oh, and like the, the big graffiti, the big graffiti logo on it is so cool. And like, yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. Um, yeah, I took it out of the box too, and I just loved them. I remember uh, I just hit some splits that I like just couldn't believe, like right out of the box with, with the shoe. And I went back to product team, and I said, what did you guys do? What did you guys do? Because sometimes they'll send me stuff with new phones, like new phones that like um, aren't in production yet, mm-hmm. and they're testing stuff out. And I was like, whatever this foam is, <laughs> like keep using it. That's what I told them. And they just said, LOL, it's the same foam. Yeah. And I was like, what? How is this possible? How is this possible? I feel so, like I can understand upper, you feeling that way because it just it has a just a slight more bounce feel to it yeah. than than the other other version. And and not just feel, but like what we all the most important factor, at least in my experience, feel is super important. And so it's great that you feel that. But it's all about the watch. You know, in a in a performance racing shoe, it's about what's happening on the watch. And for me, um, I was either seeing splits that I hadn't seen before on certain loops or I was very tired and I would feel much better once I put the shoes on and run, run good splits. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it was just been a positive experience when I've worn that shoe. I feel too, like it almost, I don't know, this could just maybe have to go back to it, but I felt like the one was more, I don't know if it was firmer. I just felt like your legs got tired in it more. And I feel like, I mean, like I did a 20 mile run this past weekend in the plus and I felt pretty fresh the next day, which I, I felt like before when I ran in the one, it wasn't be, the same experience more beat up. I don't know if that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those mysteries. Isn't it bizarre? Yeah. How, it's just a mystery though. I don't know how the upper can do all this, but I don't know, man. I don't that's know. Cool. I really wish people would give it a chance and I hope, hopefully this will help them because like I said, when I was doing interviews, I even did a, an interview with Forbes. It was really cool. And the same thing, it was all about shoe technology and they're like talking about the shoe. And I was like, yeah, I'm so into the shoe. It's so great. And the guy's like, wait, but like all that happened was the upper change. And I was like, yes, but like, look, man, like it's a, it's a <laughs> there's something special about this shoe. 
yeah, there's something special. There's an intangible going on here, and I don't know what it is. So. I do. I do think it doesn't matter to a certain degree if people buy into it or not, because I think it's a limited edition anyway. So I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. You know, whether you want to buy into it or not, um, Saucony's going to sell out this this. Uh, I would say this model. I think there's enough interest and enough people like the aesthetic of it. I think that it. I, sure. I, I can't imagine you'd have to really mess up your kit to look you know, bad in this shoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and exactly. people are saying, Oh, it's $50 more than the, it is, but it's the same price as every other yeah. racing shoe. So it's really not, there's no, well, and you know, and you know what I, I've done, I've gotten messages on Instagram for literally like four years about people being like, when are they going to drop the white Saucony? And maybe not four years. I have long the endorphin pros been out because I've always been wearing the white ones for the most part. Yeah. I would get them cut. They would make customs for me. And they, they were like, when, when can I get the white ones? When are they going to release the white ones? I want the white ones. And you know what? Now's your chance. So if you, if they, <laughs> yeah. if, if you, if you won't buy, if you won't buy this shoe because of the new upgrade and the performance, well, just buy it because it's white and has a big old graffiti logo <laughs> yeah. on it. You totally. know, so. I will say it's probably the best looking Saucony shoe that they've ever produced. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times in the past, we've hidden some of the design under neon colors or the mutant colors or, yeah. you know, flashy designs and stuff. This is actually strips away all the BS and you get to see the shape of the shoe and, the, and look, and it's a good looking shoe. One thing I was worried about the shoe when we first got it was the heel doesn't seem to, it's not like really fitted. So there wasn't It's a, strange, isn't it strange? Yeah. And it, during what, the run, what's though, the deal I, with that? I didn't have any issues with slippage when I was running, but it definitely, when you, if you're trying it on, At you're first, worried about definitely. heel slip and mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to drop $250 on this shoe. You might get a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, so I don't know what's going I don't know if that's like to like lose more weight, why they did the heel like that or like what it is. But yeah, no, it's funny. The, the biggest thing that I hate about that heel situation is like, um, I put my shoes in my backpack when I travel to races across the country. And cause I, yeah. it's something we learned at Oregon back in the day, you never put your race kit or your shoes in, in your, in. your <laughs> checked bag, your checked bag. Yeah. You never do it. So I put my, my race shoes in my backpack and yeah, the heel gets kind of like, uh, You're here. the heel gets kind of smushed. The heel gets kind of smushed and like whatever. And I was like, dude, what's going on with this thing? But even when it gets smushed, you put it on and you go running it and it, it functions great. So I don't know what, it's just I don't know why it looks so weird. They probably are taking weight out there. Yeah. Um, you know, just slimming it down as much as possible. I, I, like I said, I was worried about it when I tried it on that I was going to have heel slip. Once I was out on the run that it, I didn't have any issues. And I do think in a plated shoe, you're going to have more problems with heel slip just because the way that the, plate works in a shoe it's going to be more rigid mm -hmm. so it's going to be more like a fulcrum that wants to push Lever. against yeah yeah so like a seesaw yeah like yeah, a seesaw. yeah yeah no exactly um yeah I, you know they were so obsessed with i don't know how true this is but i was told that they purposely did they didn't do the spray paint logo for looks they did that to embrace the weight situation they didn't want to put another uh, a real overlay logo yeah. they wanted to just spray paint it on for weight so oh, i don't know was, maybe that, that was my the first, same thing yeah that was my first um 
thought when I saw the logo on it. It is, you know what fabric it reminds me of though? The upper reminds me of the Axon. The, uh, and that was their cheap issue. <laughs> like oh, bucks, if you look at the upper on that, it has a similar mesh on the toe. So I don't know if it got snuck into that shoe as well, but you check it out next time you, yeah. you hold them up next to each other. Are, are they still selling that shoe, the Axon? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Kind of like a hybrid. It was kind of like a hybrid of a few things. Yeah, yeah it's like sort of like Kinvara shift. Kinvara shift. Like it was a mashup. Um, yeah, a Franken, a Frankenstein shoe. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've we've had you for an hour, yeah, and we really appreciate, appreciate your time. Is there anything that you want to uh, end this with? Uh, I guess we'll, should we do the closing question? I which, mean, we already got a couple of them. headphones uh, or no headphones. Yeah. So uh, when you finish a race, what what do you like to eat or drink post race? Oh man, post race drink would be like any sort of like soda, like a like a Pepsi or like a like a Mountain Dew or like I don't know, just something crazy like that. Like especially right now, that's all I can think about because it's like uh, <laughs> the summertime. You're finishing like a hot race, um, so that's definitely what I'd be thinking about. Food wise, I don't know about for me. I don't know about you guys, but like after a hard race, like I I don't really feel that hungry like right sure. away. Do you guys sure. ever get like that? Yeah, Kinda I do. Like, but when like I later do settle day. in, like tempo tummy. Yeah, when I do settle in, you know, I, I crave that the grease. Yeah, I would probably like a bur- yeah, I'd probably go pretty hard like like a burger, and then definitely the biggest thing I I would eat the burger just to be like okay. I have to get like some real food in me, yeah. but I'm really just eating that so I can get like a Ben and Jerry's ice cream or something like <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, what flavor? What flavor ice cream? Monkey. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I love I love uh, the Tonight Dough. Um, like and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Nice. That's a good flavor. Sweet, cool, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. It's, it's great talking to you. It was, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, you guys too. And um, yeah, really, really enjoy being on and, and happy to be a part of the Believe in the Run family. So, all right, oh, yeah. awesome. Thank you so much. We got to make and sure we can cut that out. Yeah, should we, should we just get him to say I'm Parkinson's <laughs> and I believe in the run? You might as go. well. Yeah. Go go for it. If you if you want to, <laughs> just say I'm Parkinson's. Wait, if I want to. I'm Parkinson's okay, and I, I believe it. in the run. <laughs> You'll be the second person after Kipchoge, by the way. <laughs> Oh, cool. Okay, here we go. I'm Parker Stinson, and I believe in the run. All right, final check-in, Tim. I'm hoping that we're doing really well right now, and you're picked up, you're pumped up. This is the third time we've checked in on you, so you should be feeling really awesome. And uh, I'm I'm pulling for you. I can't wait to see how you do. You're gonna right now. You should be thinking about how well you want to do so that you can write us a great email back saying. All those check-ins helped, and I crushed my marathon and got a new PR. So go get after it. Now's the time to drop the hammer. All right, and here's our last drop club for this week. We got Mohammed Kairou. Again, probably butchering that last name. Definitely. Okay, Mike. No, it's not even Mike. It's Mark (laughs) Therian and Trish. Trish is a local Baltimore runner. I don't even know your last name, Trish, and it's not on your Instagram, so you're just Trish. Uh, actually, you have another one. Trish, you're Beyonce level. Congratulations. Yeah. I have another one who messaged me. Rich Fishin. Rich Because he likes to go fishing. I, I actually think actually Rich has already name. been on here. Has, oh, before. has he? Yeah. Oh, wait. 
I think he might have said that in a message. Yeah. Um, I'll give another one. Because guess what? He was like, if you're ever in Jacksonville, I'll take you out. Jacksonville, Florida? Yeah. He was like, We're there all the time. I know. He's like, I'll take you out fishing. And I was like. Does he uh, have a boat? Yeah. I was like, he does. And I was like, dude. Oh, my. 100%. Okay. There. We're doing a Believe in the Run to Jacksonville fishing trip. I think it's like an only an 18 footer. Because I wouldn't feel it. comfortable going down and talking to strangers by myself. But with it, Robbie it's, there. No. It's like a. This is like a real fish. It's a little John boat. So it's like. I think we're getting little John. We're yeah. getting, we're getting dirty. Yeah, has a grill. I don't know. How we're, do we're doing some trout fishing. All right. Another one I'm going to mention, and we already mentioned her during this. Uh, I just loved her voice message so much. I tried to play it, but it didn't play from my phone. But Yasmin Klosa mm. from Germany. Yeah. Who doesn't uh, know Shalene? Yeah. And then, yeah, we had some other people uh, mention that they're still listening all the time. I'm just going to go through some of the randos here and give some random shout outs from past ones like Katie oh, wow. Jensen. We're going to give it to Dustin De- DePiero, Scotty B. I mean, but if you really want a cool shout out, DM us on Instagram. Let us know that you're listening all the way to the end and that you love saying hi to our original last drop listener. Robin. Robin Murray. Yeah. Who is our favorite last drop? Hugs and kisses, Robin. And May, you want to say anything to Hi, us? Hi, Mom. Yeah, there we go. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Robbie, you want to set, thank Nick? Yeah, thank our producer, Nick Sanchez. Yeah. What about you, May? You want to thank anybody? All the listeners. Yeah. Oh, Even the ones who don't listen all the way to the end. By the way, if you are still listening, please review and rate this podcast yes. so we can bump, bump us up in the charts. Yeah. It turns out we're looking at the metrics. This podcast is doing pretty well, but we can... Do even better with some. some I think reviews. we should just say it's doing miserable. So please help us get. Oh through. yeah, it's so sad. We're gonna have to go off the air if you don't help us now. Unless we're you're gonna, a sponsor, potential I, sponsor, then we're doing quite well. Wait, how about <laughs> this? We should do the NPR trick. We should do one episode where we just beg for money the entire time. Oh yeah, let's not do that. Oh, that I I used to love listening to NPR, but when you're in the car and they did their drives for the money, and it was like. Up next, we're going to talk about why this country is failing There's... miserably. But first, have you ever thought about donating? <laughs> Dude, I know that feeling. When I was a kid and watched Sesame Street, because we didn't have cable or anything, and you're like just trying to watch. And they have the telethon Ra- thing? Yeah, like reading Rainbow or whatever, and it's like cuts you off, and then you got to sit. Like, I don't want to tell Are you bag. enjoying this programming? Because this programming is brought to you by listeners like yourself. And um, the federal government. Yeah. All right. Mr. Rogers, thank you. Yeah, like anyway, it. that's a, another side tangent. Enjoy wow. your run. All right. All right. Bye.